Welcome to an Impact Ministries production, brought to you by Impact Ministries World Changers, changing the way the world sees God. Learn how you can become a world changer today by visiting www.impactministries.com. Now, here's your host, founder of Impact Ministries and developer of Heart Physics, the self-development programs that have changed thousands of lives around the world, Dr. Jim Richards. Hey, I'm Jim Richards, and this is Impact Cyber Church. You know, today we're going to answer some questions for you that you may have really been wanting answered your entire life. You know, one of the great complaints, and people don't usually say this right up front, but when you start kind of working with people one-on-one, what you come to realize is that most people would tell you, and some people do tell me as a counselor, I don't understand God. Now, honestly, it's very rare that somebody's going to come out and say those words very easily. But stop and think about it. If you don't know what to expect God to do in a particular situation, then you, you don't understand it very well. It's sort of like being married and you don't, and, and maybe, maybe you're tempted. Maybe you're out and, and for some reason you feel tempted in a situation and there's some part of you that wants to go home and bear your heart to your spouse, but you're thinking, I, I, don't, I don't know how she or he would react. I don't, I, I don't know if I can share this and be safe. Well, that means you don't really understand your spouse that well, at least not in that area. Well, I got news for you. It seems like for many Christians walking the path of life is almost like wearing a blindfold walking down an eight lane interstate uh, in Los Angeles, having no real clue where you are, if you're safe, what's going to happen next. But I got, I got news for you. God, you know, God is beyond knowing in totality. I just want you to understand. I want to say that right off the bat. No, we cannot know everything there is know about God. But, but when it comes to how God will interact in human affairs, if we know Him, if we are in an intimate relationship with Him, we can know exactly what to expect out of God. Now, get your pen and paper. You might want to actually contact a friend and say, get ready because we're going to discover some stuff about God, about knowing God and understanding God. Just, I mean, just think of what changes in your life if you understand the person you're interacting with. Now, let, let me say this. Most of what blinds us in our ability to understand others is what we project on them and uh, some of the expectations that we, that we bring into a relationship. You know, one of the things I ask people a lot, this would be, this would be something good, write this down and, and, and after, after we finish the broadcast, you might want to sit down and write down the answer to this. But uh, one question that you might want to ask is, what is it I really want from God? You know, I don't know that we actually define that. And one of the sad things is, many times what we want from God changes in different circumstances, different situations. Sometimes all we want from God is a particular good outcome in some troubling situation. And really, other than that, uh, sort of like, don't bother me, God. Just I'll, I'll let you know when I got my next problem and you can chime in. You can, you can help me solve that problem. I mean, is God just your, is he just your deliverer? You know, if God's just your deliverer, then you only 
need him. You only want him when you need to be delivered from some situation. And so, so you need to know, what is I really want from God? Why, why am I really doing this? You know, why am I really uh, trying to live as a Christian? What, what is the point to this? And when you answer that question, you will come to understand your blind spots with God. It's just like, it's just like you can ask yourself that question about your spouse. What is it I really want from my spouse? Why am I in this? And what sadly so many people find out in their spouse, in their, you know, in their relationship with God is, I'm not really in this for a relationship. I am in this to get a specific benefit. If you are in a marriage just to get a specific benefit or a specific set of benefits, independent of a relationship, I can promise you this, it will never be a fulfilling marriage. It'll never be a fulfilling relationship. Same thing with God. You know, God, can, God does love us. God sent Jesus to die for all of us. He paid the ultimate price for us. But if we're only there to get those benefits and not a relationship, really our, our involvement with God is really not going to be uh, that, that beneficial, that, that joyful, that fulfilling. You know, uh, I, there, I had this happen so many times in counseling, but I, I, there's always one story that, that my mind goes back to. But I, I, I've done this with dozens, if not maybe a hundred people over the years, where particularly in marriage counseling, where somebody comes in and they're, and, and they're saying, man, I, I, you know, my marriage is falling apart. I want to save my marriage. I want to save my marriage. And, oh, you know, they're just carrying on. And one of the questions I would always ask the spouse is, Tell me the top five things it would take to save your marriage. Here would be the amazing thing. Almost always the person who was being offended, the person who was being attacked, the person who was being cheated on, you know, in other words, the person who was the victim in the marriage, almost always they would just have two, occasionally three things. Now, now stop and think about it. This guy's sitting over here, man, he's crying, he's suicidal. He's, you know, he, 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 I will do anything to save my marriage. And so I was like, okay, hold that thought. And I'll turn to the wife over here. And sometimes it's the wife doing that. I'm turning to the husband. But in this case, I've turned to the wife. I said, okay, give me the top five things that if he did these things, it would save your marriage. And I'm telling you, they had trouble. I mean, they had real trouble. As best I can remember, she had two things, just two things. That if he would just stop doing it, she would stay in the marriage and work on it because she didn't want her marriage to blow up. She did not want to lose her husband. She did not want to break up her family. And so she told him the two things. And, and I'm like, man, that's that. You got you to gotta pass on that. You know, that, that. Anybody can do this. And he's like, oh, yeah, man, I, if that's all it's going to take, I can do this. And so they left and they came back two weeks later. They lived out of state. So, that, so they came down for a church service. And, and afterwards, we spent time together. And so we go, we, we go into my office and I said, okay, you know, how are things going? He's like, man, everything's great. Everything. Oh, I'm telling you. And uh, I said, so good. Sounds like things are working. She said, no, let me tell you what really happened. She said, when we got in the car and before we were out your driveway, he turned to me and started doing the very things that I said were the only two things that I wanted him to stop doing. 
And he said, just this last time, just this last time, just this last time, I need to know this. And, and she said, nothing's changed. Now, and so my gift of sarcasm kicked in. And I looked at him and I said, oh, man, this is my fault as a counselor. I have failed you. I, I'll tell you, I, this, this, is, this totally is on me because I, I misunderstood what you wanted. I thought you wanted to save your marriage. And I realized you just want to be right. You just want to win the argument. Well, you know, my next conversation with that guy was him sitting in a motel room uh, with a gun ready to blow his brains out because he destroyed his marriage, destroyed his relationship with his kids. You know, it's, it's kind of an interesting thing how we put ourselves into these positions uh, or into these situations, especially when it comes to our, you know, God, when it comes to our friends, when it comes to our spouse, where what we're supposed to be seeking is a relationship. But the truth is we're seeking something totally different. And sadly, since all God's really offering is a relationship, and since maybe all your spouse is offering is a relationship, and maybe some of your friends, that's all they're offering is a relationship, you can't understand why it never really goes like it really should. Because they're seeking one thing, and you're seeking another thing. Always think about the scripture in the book of Philippians, where, where Paul says, where Paul says, you know, I'm forgetting all these things that lay behind me and I'm taking hold of God for the purposes that he took hold of me. Well, I got news for you. He took hold of you for a relationship. And one thing that a person who wants a relationship will always do is they will always make sure you understand who they are. You know, we started last week talking about uh, wisdom and the ways of God. And I want you to realize the ways of God are knowable to you. The ways of God are something you can come to understand. And the real truth is understanding the ways of God changes everything about the dynamics of the situation. And you can become one of those people. You know, we talked about this on this broadcast in the past. We've talked about these people who just, it just, you know, they don't have more faith than you do. You know, they're not really just more godly than you. It's not, you know, you can't figure out what it is, but somehow they just seem to navigate life effortlessly and always seem to land on their feet when things go wrong. And they flow well in difficult situations where everybody's setting their head on fire. And, and they're able, like I said, they're able to flow through life kind of flexible and adaptable. And you say, you know, wh what is it? What, what's the difference with these people? What do they have with God that I don't have? Well, what they probably have is, is a relationship where they know who God is. Now, see, we have this tendency to look at people like that in this modern 21st century Christianity concept. So we say, oh, these people, these are people of faith. Well, yeah, they, they probably are people of faith. But the real truth is, in, in modern Christianity, we have isolated faith from relationship, from wisdom, from understanding, from all of these other factors. But if we want to be disciples of the Lord Jesus, then we're here to develop a way of life through a relationship, not a formula for just individual situations. Because in a relationship, 
It should be our highest goal to know the other person and to let the other person know us, to hide nothing from that other person. So really what it comes down to, we want to understand them. Now, understanding is, is part of the continuum to wisdom. And, you know, uh, the series that we're offering this month is Being the Wisdom of God. I'm, I'm going to tell you, uh, it, it, being the wisdom of God puts the whole picture together of us being in Him and us making this life journey and us being able to know how to, to walk with God because we understand God and we understand who we are then in this world. See, understanding is an interesting thing because understanding actually makes a person more patient, more flexible, even, even more merciful. You know, so many times when I'm in situations where, I, where I'm in conflict with a person, if I understand their background, that doesn't mean I, I give them an excuse. But if I understand their background, if I understand their pain, if I understand their dysfunction, it's amazing how much more merciful I can be to that situation because now I understand where they're coming from. I understand what's working in their life. See, the role of understanding is so incredibly important in a relationship. And that's what we're talking about. Right? We're talking about a relationship with God where we not only access the wisdom of God, but where we become the wisdom of God and planet earth, showing people who God is, showing people God's wisdom, not because we're trying to show out, but just because this is who we are being, who we are in Jesus. Understanding is an issue of the heart. And you want to realize, see, the heart has the capacity to see the entire picture. The heart has the capacity to see the picture and bring, bring all the pieces of the puzzle together instead of just focusing on one isolated uh, you know, part of a relationship or one isolated part of a business or one isolated part of a proposal or whatever. The heart has the ability to grasp, perceive both the positive and the negatives in any situation. When you look up the Hebrew word for understanding, it has to do with perception, being discreet, being prudent, having discernment, having, uh, having insight into situations. Because remember, in order, order to have, stop and think about understanding. How many times have you given your children or, or maybe an employee or, or someone around you, you've given them some very precise instructions and the reason you're giving them precise instructions is because they have to understand the benefit that can come from this situation as well as the trouble that can come from this situation if it's handled, handled it properly. How many times have you given someone instructions? You said, now, 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 do you understand what I want? See, when you say, do you understand what I want? You're not saying, do you just understand what you're supposed to say? You're saying, do you really understand? Do you see all the pieces of this puzzle? Do you see the variable factors here that have to be present so this can absolutely go right? That's understanding. Now, the word understanding, the root word for understanding in the Hebrew is the bet, the yud, and the nun. And like we've told you before, every uh, Hebrew letter has its own definition. And when, you, when you're translating and interpreting Hebrew, you not only find the literal translation, but you start looking at the meaning of every single letter in the word to get this broad understanding. The, the letter bet in the Hebrew alphabet speaks of the heart. And the bet is also able to perceive you know, the pros and the cons, the positive and the negatives. In other words, it's able to perceive the paradox. This is why I tell people, uh, you know, until you see the 
potential paradox in a situation, you never really can understand the truth about it. And, and seeing the paradox, seeing both sides of something at once, it is a capacity that only happens in the heart. Now, then the yud, the yud is like a little apostrophe. The yud is considered a message from heaven. It has to do with something being authentic. It has to do also, not only with being authentic, but it has to do with the capacity to perceive the foundation or the starting point, which kind of gets us, gets us over into discernment. I mean, stop and think about it. If I understand the foundation, if I understand the core of something, then I can understand all of the details and how all of those details fit together. And that's kind of what the youd represents, is that, that ability to bring something down to the simplest point, to the beginning point, to the foundation, so that then you understand why all of the other parts are, are important and significant and, and how to relate to them. And then there's the noon. The noon has to do then with humility, faith, uh, has to do with flexibility, humility, and faithfulness to God. So understanding involves all of these capacities. So when we ask, do you understand? We're asking the person if they can grasp what's at stake, if they can grasp what's important, if they can, if they can understand the core factors that are related to this uh, and, 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 you know, and make sense of all the pieces. Now, I want you to understand, without understanding... If we don't have understanding, we will have no desire for wisdom. Now, one of the unique factors of Moses, David, and other great men of faith is this. They wanted to know, or you might say they wanted to understand God. They wanted to understand His ways. Now, in, in the book of Psalms, Psalm 103, it's really interesting. And this really gives you some insight not only into God, but also into the way the ancient Hebrew people understood God and looked at God. You know, it's amazing to me that many people look at, they look at the story of, of the Exodus. They read Exodus and Leviticus and they'll walk away saying, God is a, God is a, a legalist. Man, all of these laws. Then there's other people that look at it and go, you know, God to deliver. He delivered them out of Egypt and he's preparing them to go uh, live in the promised land. He's preparing them for kingdom living and he's giving them wise instruction. It's amazing how we judge and what we project onto God because of our lack of understanding. And Psalm 103 verse 7, it, it, talks about, it talks about Moses and his connection with God. And if you'll remember, Moses wanted to understand God. And, and, and Moses went to God. You remember, Moses even went to God one time and said, you know, I, I want to see your face. And, and, and God said, I can't show you my face, you'll die. He said, but, but I'm, I'm going to reveal myself to you. And what was interesting is that it says after that, that God revealed his goodness to Moses. I've always thought that was incredible. Now remember, when God reveals something to you, uh, you download information, you download insight, you download wisdom uh, that's greater than the sum of the information you, or the sum of, of what you've seen. And so when Moses saw the greatest eyeball to eyeball revelation of God that any man here on earth has ever seen, he didn't walk away and describe any kind of physical appearance. He walked away and described an attribute, goodness. He understood that God was good 
and God was only good. And that's why Moses himself never questioned any of the things that God did. He knew God was good. And if he was doing what he was doing, he was doing it for a good reason. But in Psalm 103, verse 7, it says this. Talking about, it says he, talking about God. He made known his ways to Moses and his acts or his deeds, as some translations say, to the children of Israel. Now, sadly, in most of my ministry, I have found that people that come down to an altar call, people that come in for counseling, they are really not interested in God's ways. They're not interested in wisdom for themselves. They're not interested in, in knowing how to apply the truth and walk the truth out. What they're really interested in is they want to see God's deeds. They want to see Him take an action on their behalf. They want a miracle uh, rather than wisdom. And, and we talked about this last month. Uh, uh, you know, the Bible tells us that when we find ourselves in any stressful, tempting situation that causes us to strive and to labor, that we should first and foremost seek God's wisdom, not a miracle. Now, God's not opposed to miracles, but you see, miracles do not develop any character in me. Miracles do not actually develop my faith. Miracles just deliver me from consequences. And the majority of the time, these consequences are consequences or situations that I created myself through my own foolishness. Many times, not because I was trying to get in sin or not because I was trying to create problems. Sometimes because I just lacked wisdom. I lacked the understanding of the Lord. Verse eight says, goes on to say this, says the Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in mercy. He will not always strive with us, nor will he keep his anger forever. He has not dealt with us according to our sins. Isn't that amazing? Even though God says, you know, I can't, I cannot hold my anger forever. I'm trying to lead you down this path. I'm trying to get you into the best life that you can have. But even though there's going to be accountability for you, I am not trying to deal with you according to your sins, nor am I trying to punish you, it goes on to say, according to your iniquities. That's kind of interesting. It's as far as the heavens, uh, by the way, I've actually jumped into Isaiah now. It says, for as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far as he removed our transgressions from us. As a father pities his children, so the Lord pities those who fear him. For he knows our frame. He remembers that we are but dust. That is an amazing thing. You know, there in the book of Exodus, and then later in the, book of, in the book of Isaiah, at the times when the children of Israel were fallen into idolatry, when the children of Israel had seen miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle, they still didn't know and trust God. Now keep in mind, faith is nothing but trust, and you can't trust someone you don't know. Now, God wants us to know who He is so that we don't pass judgments on him, so that we don't project our issues on him, so that in every situation, not only can we trust him, but we might know, for example, if I'm in a desperate situation, I know I'm going to get delivered. Now, I don't know how, 
And, you know, and where we make our mistakes is, well, this is the way it's going to happen. This is the way I'm going to get healed. I'm going to this, this kind of meeting. This person's going to lay hands on me. Or if I'm in trouble, you know, I'm going to go out and I'm going to, I'm going to open my mailbox. There's going, to be a, there's going to be a check in it. You know, I used to make fun of people back in the, back in the 70s and 80s. I said, you know, the, the, these people who say they live by faith, I said, they're in idolatry. They worship the mailbox God. Every, every day they go out to their mailbox, bow down before their mailbox. Like, oh, mailbox God, please let there be a check in here today. We get this idea of how things are supposed to happen. And then we get, we give up on God when we don't see it happening the way we thought it was going to happen. I got news for you. God's never going to abandon you. He's never going to fail you. He's never going to forsake you. But you got to know him and trust him and you got to follow him. You know, keep in mind, miracles don't build faith. Miracles don't bring about obedience. Miracles do not develop character. You know, I, I've just been doing a study of the book of Exodus, and, it, and it's amazing in the book of Exodus how miracle after miracle after miracle. I mean, God protects the children of Israel when, when the firstborn of all of Egypt dies. And God sends the children of Israel out of Egypt with all the gold and all the riches and, and with a mighty hand. When Pharaoh, when Pharaoh pursues the children of Israel and they're, they're at the Red Sea, man, I tell you, their lives are on the line and, 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 and there's certain death awaits them. God parts the Red Sea and they cross over. And, you, you know, and it just goes on and on and on. You know, when they didn't have food to eat, God gave them manna. When they didn't have meat, God gave them quail. When they didn't have water, God, God split the rock open and gave them water out of the rock. They had a cloud that led them by day and a fire that led them by night. But I'm telling you, every time their back got against the wall, they were grumbling against God, grumbling against Moses, making a, a golden calf to worship, calling on other gods, complaining, wanting to go back to Egypt. But why, why didn't Moses fall in that? Moses should have been the first one to say, man, let's go back. I'm sick of this. I don't want, I don't want to lead this congregation. Well, you know what? Moses was stable because he understood the ways of God, not just the deeds of God. Now, this path of wisdom that we're talking about, this path of wisdom, and anytime you think of the concept of a path in the Bible, a path has to do with a way of life. It's not just, it's not just a journey to a specific outcome or a specific situation. It's a way of life. So the question is, what, what's, your, what's your way of life about? What, you know, are you in this thing where you're, Every day you're committed to walking with God. Are you in this thing where every day you're, you're following the Holy Spirit, your shepherd like the children of Israel followed him through the wilderness and he guided them around and, and, and protected them? You, you know something, you, you can't be in the path where God protects you if you're walking your own path. God wants you to know who he is so that you will fall so deeply in love with him and become so trusting of him that in every situation you turn to him first and you turn to him for wisdom that's going to come right out of his mouth and right into your heart and going to show you the path of life, going to show you how to walk through this or any situation and not only 
come out the other side a winner, but come out the other side deeply connected to God. Come out the other side trusting God more. Come out the other side with your character intact. God wants you to know Him. He wants you to know who He is. I tell you, He makes it possible through His Word. I'm going to share some more practical things about this over the, over the next couple of weeks because I just want you to realize that the wisdom of God, how to take God's Word and put it into practice, is available to you if you want it and if that's what you're seeking. But if that's not what you're seeking, then I'm not sure where you're going to end up with God or in your Christian life. Listen, be sure and like this program or, and subscribe to it so people all over the world can hear this. I'm going to be back and talk to you next week. I've got great things to share with you. Your life can be greater than you ever imagined. Thanks for listening to the weekly Impact Ministries World Changers podcast with Dr. Jim Richards. If you like what you've just heard, we encourage you to share our web address, www.impactministries.com, with friends and colleagues. Be sure to check out the resources section of our website for previous podcasts and our videos. Join us next week for another great message by Dr. Jim Richards.